Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, Danielle Bezalow. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, join my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind the scenes content, private sessions with yours truly, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of my favorite brands at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Five reasons you will masturbate more with Freya. Number one, masturbation increases the release of endorphins, which decreases stress, tension, and depression. Number two, masturbation can help you sleep better. Number three, masturbating can help strengthen and tone your pelvic floor. Number four, masturbation can lessen period cramps. Number five, masturbation can empower you to know your body better and know what feels good. Freya is the innovative premium razor and vibrator in one that gives you an amazing shave and the best clitoral workout ever. Use code SEXEDWITHDB to get 20% off your Freya. And for a limited time, you can enter to buy one Freya and get one for your bestie for free. Enter to win at highfreya.com slash sexheadwithdb now. In a world that constantly encourages you to change, it's bold to just be yourself. Sexual expression and satisfaction are different for everybody, so rather than conforming to others, focus on falling in love with who you are. Lion's Den sources the very best products to help you find what you like and help you feel confident expressing your sexual desires. You can get 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com to begin exploring everything about yourself. Follow them on social at lionsdenadult on Instagram and TikTok. Let's play a little fill-in-the-blank game where you have to guess what goes in the blank. Cosmopolitan Magazine called the blank the little black dress of vibrators, and Time Magazine named the blank among the top 10 most influential gadgets of all time, Even at 50 years old, the blank is still turning heads as the most recommended and best-selling massage wand in America. Any guesses? The answer is the magic wand. It's loved by millions for a reason. It's powerful and hits all the right pleasure points. Want to see what all the fuss is about? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magic wand to learn more and see how you could win your very own magic wand rechargeable. Let's talk about lube and condoms. Something important to know is that oil-based lube is not to be used with condoms because the oil can cause the condom to break or tear, which would defeat the purpose of using it. Thank goodness for UberLube. UberLube is latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. But wait, there's more. Dispensing two drops of UberLube inside a condom and a measured pump outside will increase pleasure. What are you waiting for? Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. When it comes to sex, most of us have never had access to proper education, especially when it comes to the butt. This means both beginners and experienced players have had to turn to porn, friends, or Reddit to figure out how to properly prepare, play, and care for our butts. This doesn't sound safe now, does it? That's where Future Method comes in. Future Method was founded by a doctor to help people have informed, healthy, amazing sex because we should feel good in our skin and when we're playing with our partners. If you want to learn more about how to bottom safely, Go to futuremethod.com and use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off their amazing products. Melissa, hello. How, how's it going today? Hi, nice to see you there. 
It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to see you. Uh, no, this is not our first time meeting. As we know, we have become, you're the only internet friend that I have ever made. Do you know yeah. that? I think that's probably, I could say the same for you. Yeah. It's like very strange. We like met and I like cold DM'd you after seeing your like absolutely wacky ass funny shit on TikTok hey, and was like, so. listen, we're going to be pals. Like, when are you free to chat? And from the <laughs> and then first, I got on the chit chat. Yep. You got on the chit chat train and you were like, hey, let's talk and be pals. And I was like, no, I want to be pals. And then right. since when was that? Like a year ago? Like how yeah. long ago was that? Yeah, there's not that many people doing this crap online. You know what I mean? Very specific sexual health education content. It's, it's kind of a niche. So to see it someone is. else doing it, I, my, I'm kind of like, wow, my lucky day. Yeah. Oh, my lucky stars. Oh, my um, lucky stars. And you're good at organizing. Like you've organized this whole group together. It's like. We do. Yeah, we have a group. It's like sex ed on TikTok. We have a couple people who we've kind of corralled into joining us to like learn from one another and try to teach the masses. But before we get really too ahead of ourselves, because people might be listening and be like, who the hell is this? Like, I don't even, I've and never why? heard of her. And why is she here perhaps? Why? So why don't you introduce yourself to our pals listening and tell us about who the hell you are, your background, your work, et cetera. Yes. Hello, pals listening. My name's Melissa. My training is a sexual health educator. And that's what I've kind of dedicated my career to for the past 50, 60 years. <laughs> no, actually, no, like the past 13 years, I've been a sexual health educator, running sexual health programs. And I'm also a comedian. I'm also a director. I work on making, you know, comedic videos and directing them and all of that. So that's a little bit about me. Mm -hmm. Thrilled to be live here. We are live, but we are not. This is a pre-recorded interview. Oh, okay. Um, I thought this you was know, live. Okay. No, no <laughs> one's watching this as oh, okay. we speak. Just oh, us. Thanks for clarifying. And talk a little bit about your like TikTok presence. Like, what do you do on there? Tell me about your following. Brag about it a little. Maybe also talk about your YouTube stuff because I think the people might be interested to hear. Yeah. Well, TikTok has been such a wonderful community that I've found. I started putting out comedic sexual health education videos. So they're all with the background of like, I have training in teaching sexual health education. That's been my career. So it's all like fact-based stuff, but I really try and distill the topics down to kind of silly, simple messages. And most of them have been music videos. And that's what I have been focusing on on TikTok. And I've been really lucky to get a group of people who really enjoy or seem to enjoy this crap and they laugh they definitely and enjoy. Can sometimes they learn. You're one of them. Thank you. It's been a really interesting place to be developing this, this kind of content. So that's that YouTube. I, I also put, you know, my sexual health music videos on YouTube and I have other video series stuff on YouTube that I've done. That's not sexual health related. So now we cover the, the, you know, the range of topics, but what I've been focusing on the last couple of years is really the sexual health education musical content. Right. Because, you know, course. you got it. It's hard to remember facts about sexual health and you can remember it through song. I mean, why not? That's, Queefs, that's really true. Air, pubes, mm -hmm. hair, you know? Those are your key staples, I would say. Right. Um, you do also talk a lot about like STIs and the fact that like a lot, you know, be condoms, you know, a lot of people could have STIs. It's so, you know, it's common. Like it's like a lot of destigmatization and like 
funny ways to do that. Well, yeah. I mean, I've stood up in front of a classroom, you know, maybe hundreds, if not thousands of times talking about condoms. And it's like, everyone knows about condoms, you know, everyone knows, but it's like, how do I really distill that down into something that someone's going to watch? What I did was I got this rideable horse. It's like a bike, but it's a horse. Okay. Can you so take know, this like, outside? Yeah. Okay. okay. You can take it outside. And and I do. And let me tell you this. It's okay. a, it's like a bike, but it's a horse. Okay. So, okay. Don't stay with me. So I got that. I got that for a separate project, but now I'm thinking, okay, how do I get this message out about condoms? I take that bike, that horse, and I bring it to the skate park where there's like half pipes and stuff. Okay. And I start riding. And, then, you know, there's skaters. I live in California. There's skaters. People are riding. People are people are vibing. And then Jamming I out. show up in, like, a visor, and I'm on that horse bike. And I'm, I'm and I'm like, literally, I'm zooming down half pipes. Like, oh, I'm wow. zooming. And it's awesome. And then, and I'm singing about condoms. You know what I'm saying? And then I get that filmed. So then. Then a better job. I can't. Well, then that's kind of like the. That's kind of the, the end product is me, you know, and there's people kind of looking like, what's she, what's she up to? And it's like, well, I'm singing about condoms. Right. You're able then to be like, this is what I do for a fucking living. <laughs> like, this is my life's work. <laughs> I'm an adult and like, you know, this <gasps> is midday on like a Wednesday and here I am making this. So yeah, it's kind of like that. And I, you know, I don't know how effective it is to be perfectly honest with you to sing it like that, but I do know it's something. So Ooh, I kind of like that. Maybe there's like a, an after video research poll that you can mm. give. Because as you know, as a trained sex educator, you know, the main way that we measure success is through surveys after right. we teach folks and say, right. okay, you know, how do you feel about the following statement? After these two classes, I have three practical ways to learn about, you know, safe sex. Totally agree, somewhat agree, blah, blah, blah. And maybe there's like a how much from this horse condom video, <laughs> did you learn about the practical uses of condoms? And like, maybe we can measure effectiveness of these like wacky vids. See, this is, this is your MPH background and this is the good stuff. But you know, for me, I'm kind of thinking, how do we track? Like, like the question would have to be like, yeah, how, how amped up, or I like to say mountain dude up. It's like, I'm excited. Mm. Uh, how mountain dude up do I feel about talking about condoms now that I saw this person mm -hmm. riding that horse. Like, does it kind of give off this like, but you know, that's something that's hard to measure, I think, in pre and post tests. How that's rowdy totally do I feel? Fair. How mountain dude up? Like, could we do that in a study? Like, how mountain dude up do you feel? I think that is the the literal terms that the researchers would use. Oh, that's good. 78%. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little bit about your sex ed growing up. I think one of the reasons why I feel a total kinship to you is because you're a Jersey gal. I'm a Thank Long you. Island freak. You're, uh, you know, <laughs> you're you're putting up the horns for those for those listening who can't see you. Um, because this is again not a live show. Oh, I thought um, this was live. We, <laughs> you are Jewish. I'm Jewish. You know, there's something here with our kinship, but specific to your sex ed growing up, I would imagine that Joyzy and Long Island, aka New York have pretty similar, you know, uh, backgrounds when it comes to what they're teaching the middle schoolers in, you know, the early 2000s, late 90s, et cetera. And so I'm curious to hear from you, what was that like? What the heck? And when did you know that you wanted to do this work full time? Yeah, it's a good one. I, 
my best trait is that I'm from New Jersey. You know what I mean? I, I, it brings me so much confidence every single day I walk around, like I walk tall. I'm like, yep, I'm from New Jersey. So what's up with you? That kind of thing. I mean, it's huge for me. So anyway, New Jersey, I didn't realize like, we're so lucky to have grown up where we went, you know, I went to public school and public school just happened to provide comprehensive sex ed. So I will say like elementary and middle school, left a little bit to be desired. My high school sex ed was what really got me interested in this topic, but I'll, I'll let you know. So like, I remember being young and I remember not, not understanding people were talking about sex and they were like, when we were in like elementary, early middle school, and I was like, I don't quite understand what, what we're talking about. And I asked my friend Dana and she was like, I know about this. Like my mom explained to me what it was. And I was like, okay, so let me know what it is. And then she was like, Spell okay, well, means. She, yeah. And, and then she's like, okay, let me figure out how do I, how do I explain this? So she, she looks over and we had our hermit crabs were having a play date that day. She said, bring your hermit crab over. <laughs> let's, 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 let's have them play. Hermit and crabs she was, were really popular in the mall scene, like thank on you. Long Island for sure as well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the worst pet. They stink. They, they smell, smell like absolute trash. They smell bad. And like, yeah. they don't kiss, you know, like I, I, you know, I like to kiss my animals. I mean, right. I, I had a lizard. I kissed that thing on the mouth. Okay. Could have been a dangerous kiss, but I mean, okay. yeah, it was called Reptilian an anole. kisses? Yeah, it was called an anole and it was smooth and green and small. And I would kiss that thing on the mouth. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I hear. <laughs> let me just kind of circle back. So. I had the, we had these hermit crabs. They were having a play day. And she goes, okay, let me, I'll, I'll show you what sex is. I'll, I'll, I'll mate these crabs and, and I'll show, I'll explain it that way. And I was like, force me. I was like, I don't know if you want to mate them, but I guess let, let me know. Let's see what happens. And then basically the, the second you pick them up, that's the other reason why they're a bad pet. The second you pick them up, they go into their shells. They're like, nope, I'm not letting this mm-hmm. fifth grader do anything to me. I don't blame them for doing that. I'm glad they went back in their shells, but then, you know, mm-hmm. she couldn't explain. Plus, hermit crabs don't even have, I don't even know if they have like, you know, yeah, genital, what, do I don't they know have what's eggs going that on. They down there. like lay, like I have no idea. It wasn't going to work. Like what she was doing wasn't going to work, but I appreciated the effort. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyway, go Dana. Go Dana. I, you know, I, I do appreciate her to this day for that, but, you know, it didn't explain anything to me. So then, I go to middle school. My teacher, my health teacher was like extremely nervous to teach this stuff to us. Like she was, she was like shaking. (laughs) And it's like, I understand. It is very specific to want to talk about this stuff. Most people are like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to like mess up and by accident traumatize some students. Like I really want to do right by these kids, but I don't know what to say. So I don't blame her, but she was shaking. Okay. She was so nervous. Her voice was really soft. We didn't learn anything. We did crossword oh. puzzles about like oh. testicles and, you know. Oh my God. So like, that's not good. Then I went in, in high school, I had a teacher who literally taught really comprehensive sex. She just decided I'm going to make sure that my students get this info. She did a question box. She answered every single one of our questions. And it was the first time right. I had an adult. Yeah. Be like, you deserve to know this information. I'm going to answer this factually, non-judgmentally, make it not a big deal. And everyone was just like, oh. And I, I literally remember getting my question answered and being like, oh, wow, this is so powerful to have an adult just answer a question and not make a big deal about it. I want to do that someday. And then I kind of just got obsessed with the topic. And I'm like, if I can take my New Jersey chutzpah and kind of right. use it for some good, I'm going to talk about this stuff. And, and literally throughout college, I studied 
this is, you know, I, I worked in sexual health education. I did that in the dorms. And then I got a job working in sexual health education straight after college and basically did it for the past decade. So oh, it really did inspire that's me. That's so great. Who, do you, have you told that teacher that you were really affected? So funny. I need I need to let her know. I, I told her right after I graduated from high school how much it meant to me and and during college, but I should really go back to her and be like, look what I've done. Look what look at you, all this crap that I've done thanks to you. She would be so proud. Like if she just watched a couple of your like mom's pubis <laughs> videos. Like I feel, by the way, me and my fiance literally around the house consistently just go mom's pubis and it's just it's very catchy stuff. Thank you for saying so. I mean, that is thanks to Kelly Rowland. I mean, it's her song, Motivation. That's the other thing. You know, right. That's her instrumental. Right. But the lyrics are really what tap into my soul. And, yeah. and you know, speaking of speaking of tapping into <laughs> souls, um, as we, uh, you know, get in front of these youths and we really, as your teacher did to you, tapped into your soul to be able to do this work, right? Like, I want to know about what a really memorable interaction has been with a student as a sex educator. And, and let me just interrupt myself before Please. you even speak, Begin. because I have a fun story and I would love to hear what you think about this. Double horns now, listeners. Um, that's what's happening. So one of my most memorable interactions in front of students actually happened within the last like year or so. I was in a like private, liberal, Brooklyn, richy, rich school, right? So that's like the context, right? Probably costs like $20,000 a year for these like private middle school students to just like basically like have a school that looks like an Apple store. It's just oh. like really open and really, you know, everyone has their own laptops and Communal whatever. space. So, communal space. So that's like number one, right? Like this, in, this is not the usual population. So that's what I want to first say. It was pretty diverse. Definitely like as we've talked about in the past, folks identify as all sorts of things, their sexuality, their genders, middle schoolers. It's a, a very fertile ground for experimentation and figuring out what labels feel good. And so there was a lot of, of that, which was very cool to see. But this one particular conversation we had around enthusiastic consent was so fascinating. We'll we'll call uh, this student Owen, even though that was his not his real name. We're protecting his anonymity, this child. Mm -hmm. Owen kind of raised his hand while I was kind of defining what enthusiastic consent was and sharing, you know, it's really important that we have an enthusiastic yes every time. If it's a maybe, then it's a no. If it's a no, it's a no, et cetera. If it's a yes and then a no, it's a no. You know, you could mm -hmm. change your mind, all those mm -hmm. things. And Owen, in a very sweet, kind way, raises his hand and says, but Danielle, what about if a couple really wants to get pregnant and they're not really in the mood to have sex and they're still consenting anyway, but it's not necessarily enthusiastic. Wouldn't you say that's still consent because it's a little tricky? And I was like, excuse me, you're 12. How are you capable <laughs> of sharing this level of nuance? Like this person, this youth is talking about a couple that theoretically is like, together for enough time to decide, right? They're deciding that they want to have a baby together for however long they've been together. Usually people decide that when they're, you know, at least six months into a relationship, if they're having a conversation around that, some people maybe earlier, but I'm picturing a long-term couple here, right? Like maybe even a couple of years. And the fact that he was able to see this idea that, you know, when people are ovulating and you have to get have sex on certain times of the month in order to try to have a baby that might be messing around with the idea of enthusiastic consent. I was blown away by this child. That's amazing. Isn't that incredible? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's what blows me away about this work is that there's a lot of adults that are like, that go in or like, oh, I need to teach all this stuff to young people. Like the fact is young people are incredibly smart. They're the experts in their own lives. And I believe that. To, and, and they know so much. And I feel like the beauty of sex ed is we come in as people who are trained enough to know how to facilitate these conversations to be able to like allow that to come up. You know, I don't feel like I'm going in and delivering facts to people. I feel like I'm going in and allowing for for him to ask those types of questions in a, in a safe and non-judgmental space. So I think that's really cool. That's yeah. that's amazing. Just to be able to have that nuance and to be able to have the um bravery to to ask it in front yeah. of a group. And and it's so unique cuz like, you know, obviously most likely this 12-year-old has never had sex before. Right. Um most likely they like don't necessarily know about like the details about when you have to have sex at the exact time of ovulation. This is advanced conversations. And so I was just really appreciative of his comment. And so I'm curious if there was like a moment like that for you where you were like, oh my God, you've like really broke open the mold here of sex education. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a great, a great one. I think that, yeah, that just illustrates how brilliant young people really are. And when given the space to have those conversations, especially. I, I I think what sticks out for me is just time and time again, you know, you go in and many times you have a set curriculum that, you know, you're meant to deliver and you're, you know, like, okay, I got to get through these, th- this information, but what, where the magic really is of this stuff is allowing, like asking what's important to you. Like what, what questions do you all have? And a lot of times, you know, you'll get questions that are really nuanced like that. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you get questions where you're like, am I bad at this? Like I, I remember doing a, <laughs> I remember doing like a 60 minute session on anatomy, like six, zero minutes. Like I have pit stains. Like I've got, I'm giving it a hundred percent. Right. And I have a kid at the end, like at 56 minutes, raises his hand, goes, okay, wait. So you're saying the vagina is the same thing as the butthole? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, um, so no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. not and what then, I'm saying. So actually I'm not saying that at all, but it makes me kind of think, <laughs> okay, let me make, let me, let me rewind. I have like four minutes left. I've done 56 minutes. I'm like, <gasps> no, let's start at the very beginning. Like, okay. <laughs> Generally though, I'm just, I'm honestly floored by the amount of knowledge young people have. And it's less, again, it's less about facts. I'm like, oh, you know, to me, it's more about facilitating conversations because, you know, people know, oh, like condoms are less effective this way, this way, birth control. There's like a lot of facts that, you know, we think, oh, young Mm -hmm. people need to know these facts. People don't care about the facts. People remember like how they felt in a room. So I'm always concerned with like, am I creating a space where people can like breathe out and exhale and kind of like relax a little bit about something that's really embarrassing and maybe laugh a little bit, maybe, you know, kind of just feel okay. So that when they're out in their real lives, they're like, okay, I remember that kind of wacky person that came to my class. She was like, sort she had pit stains. She was like really giving it her all. She kind of went for it. Stains. I'm like, yeah, I mean, a lo- I mean, I'm, I have them now. Okay. Oh, okay. good. Good, good. You're good thing that we sweaty, can't, nobody can person. see this. Nobody can see this because right. we're not live. Once again, okay. it's not live. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but I, one thing I did, it kind of sparked my memory was a lot of the work that I did earlier in my career was building an after school program around sexual health. So it's like, you know, there's, 
there's classroom education where students in their health classes get this information and maybe they, they're not selecting, they're not asking to be there. They're like, oh, someone's coming to my health class and delivering class. So they're like, okay, I have to be here. But I would, I was working on building an after school type program where students self-select. They're like, I want to be part of this. I want to learn more about this stuff. I want to be a resource for my peers and community. And um, I remember I was recruiting at a, a new school that we were starting it up at and I couldn't get students like the, the, I could, I, it was really, really hard to find students that would, that would join. Cause it was a brand new thing. They're like, learn about what, like, I don't want to do that. Well, who cares? Like, and I'm like, okay. And I had these kids, there were these kids who were like in detention after school in this classroom where I was recruiting. And I just kind of sat down with them and I was like, yeah, guys, I'm trying to start this program. And like, I haven't gotten any interest yet. Like, can you guys just be in my program? Like, what are we doing? Please help me. I'm like, I need like something here. So anyway, they came and they brought their friends and like, they weren't the type of kids who would ever be like, I'd like to apply for that. They they were just like, all right, I guess you're bringing snacks. Like I'll come to it. That's all they care about. Kids really (laughs) just want the food. Just bring it. It turned out, I mean, they like, they came for the food and I mean, it was popcorn, yummy things, you know? And then Ultimately, they would come back every week. And it was this really special community that we created among these students who kind of just trusted. They were like, all right, I'll I'll try this. Fast forward like seven years later, one of the kids emailed me and was like, I just oh wanted to let you know, like, I don't know, like that that program really impacted me and it really helped me. And I just, I just wanted you to know that. And it was like, it's so chills. Yeah, it, it was so powerful because it's not like someone who who sought it out. He just kind of trusted. He's like, all right, I'll go along with this. And then for him to literally remember that many years later that it actually impacted him and to let me know was just so rewarding. So that reminds me to tell my high school teacher how much it impacted me. It, it really does make people want to keep going in their career. I think like, especially as teachers, right? And like, we're not even like teachers in the classroom every single day. Like it's a hard fucking job. And like, underpaid, underappreciated, like overworked. There's so much work and effort that goes into teaching behind the scenes, in the classroom. You're up all day. You're like going above and beyond for what most people don't really appreciate. And I think like that little extra comment can really make someone's day and make someone's year even. Yeah, it really did for me. I mean, that was still already some years ago and I still think about it. And it's like, wow, I just, I'm grateful that they trusted me to, to try the program and that it actually affected them. That's, that was really rewarding. Excitement, intimacy, anticipation, contentment. Uberlube lets you feel all the things you want to feel when it comes to sex with yourself and with a partner. It makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction and increasing pleasure. Recommended by leading doctors, Uberlube is body-friendly, free of parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. Plus, Uberlube is latex-compatible, so it's safe, effective, and pleasurable to use with condoms. Try Uberlube now with code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Let me tell you about one of my favorite sex toy shops out there, Lion's Den. If you haven't heard about Lion's Den before, I can't wait to tell you all about them. Lion's Den first opened its retail facility in Columbus, Ohio, in 1971. That's right, over 50 years ago. Since then, they have grown to more than 50 outlets throughout the U.S., building its reputation on high-quality products, low prices, and a knowledgeable sales staff. 
Their staff are also sexual wellness experts who can help you find the perfect toy. One of the many things I love about Lion's Den is that they advocate for a sex-positive perspective on intimacy and sexual well-being and strive to break the stereotypes and stigma surrounding sex by providing comprehensive educational resources to empower everyone to enjoy life to the fullest. They're simply amazing. Lucky for you, Lion's Den is giving my listeners an exclusive discount of 15% off your purchase in-store and online with code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. What are you waiting for? Get your amazing Lion's Den toy now. Understanding how to love ourselves and our bodies can take practice, time, and energy. Freya believes that it's really important to invest in loving the body you're in, and pleasure plays a huge part in that. I know it does for me. When I'm able to access my pleasure, I'm able to feel and see my body in a whole new way. My pleasure empowers me. That's why I love Freya. It's more than a razor and a vibe. It's a movement to practice loving ourselves with intention. For those who haven't tried a vibrator, this is a great first-timer product to venture into and explore your own pleasure. Learn more about Freya and their self-love movement at highfreya.com slash sexedwithdb. When it comes to anal sex, what comes to mind? If you're a beginner like so many of us out there, maybe you feel scared, unsure, or just plain uneducated. Future Method can help with that. Founded by a doctor and anal sex expert, Future Method develops science-backed products and non-judgmental doctor-led education to maximize pleasure, eliminate injury, and empower the way people choose to play in the bedroom. They even have a blog started by the gay community and now for everyone that puts education at the forefront on topics both popular and taboo. Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at futuremethod.com. Finally, we can travel again. If you're like me, I bet you want a little pleasure while you're away, but can't fit your entire sex toy collection in your carry-on, huh? Say hello to the Magic Wand Mini. Born into such a famous family, this little wand has quite a reputation to uphold. Challenge accepted. Offering big power, multiple speeds, and unsurpassed quality, the full-featured Magic Wand Mini is more than simply a smaller sibling. It's here to create a legacy all its own. Want to win a Magic Wand Mini for your next trip or staycation? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwand to learn more. Okay, I'm wondering out of all of your years of teaching sex ed in the classroom, I know you said like maybe kids don't really care about facts, but maybe when it comes to like content that students are like consistently surprised by or like a lot of them are like, oh, I didn't know that or I've never heard of that before. Like what really comes up when it comes to that? I think for me briefly, it's really like me being like, oh, HPV, the human papillomavirus is the number one STI in the United States. And there are so many different ways that you can have it. And it's really important about the Gardasil shot. And there's so many things about HPV that I definitely wasn't taught. And I feel like I only knew about because my mom is a fucking OBGYN. And she Lucky shot duck. me up with Gardasil in my kitchen as a, as a youth. She just oh. brought it home. And she was like, here are the shots over, you're getting it. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this is. But yeah, that's one that I think people are really surprised by. You're loaded up. Uh Uh-huh. I remember getting that Gardasil shot. And then, and next thing I knew, I I took some type of Benadryl because it was like hurting. And I fell asleep for eight hours, woke up (sighs) fresh as a bird. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, good, good thing. It's funny. Yeah. Cause that, that's really interesting. I, (laughs) I don't think that my students were ever really that surprised. I, I, I just, yeah, by any of the f- content that was, I think what shocks me is that 
young people do know a lot of this stuff, or at least in my experience, they know a lot of these things. And what I think surprises them is when they're given a space to be like, what questions do you have? What matters to you? Like, Mm. what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about this topic? Like, what do you think about consent? How does it look? How can it look? What's important for other people to know? I think that I found students being like, you're asking me that? Like, aren't you the teacher? And I'm like, yeah, but I think like the, the learning is when we can all kind of process out loud what we've heard, you know, the, the messages that we've heard from a million different places and like where we can actually start to unpack that and be like, oh, well, I was taught this, but actually this makes more sense. So how do I make sense of all of that? So that was always my focus and still is, even though I'm doing these silly videos, like it's still my goal always is opening up conversations. And I don't really think of myself as an expert in this field. I mean, I know kind of the bare what? minimum of you definitely are. But honestly, like I I know, I know a bit about all the sexual health topics, but I feel like what my skill set is is being able to have comfortable conversations about it. But right. I'm not if you ask me like 10 facts about HPV, I'd be like, okay. Like I can I can list a few. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it's different though, like for doctors, right? And other medical health professionals who like maybe have studied this like more scientific information. I just see us as like being able to navigate those resources and being able to be like, oh, here, let me like find the book on that for you or find the article on that for you. I don't, I was thinking about that too of like, oh, it does it matter that like I, without a curriculum or without a slideshow that I wouldn't be able to like name all of these things about birth control? And I don't really think it does. I don't know what like, memory about it really serves. I mean, I think like the fact that we have access to all these things all the time, it's like, that's good enough, right? Totally. And I, I think people don't necessarily remember the the facts like this percentage and that percentage and this many people have this and this many. I feel like what people want to feel is just a, a level of comfort because yeah, you're going to have to talk to a healthcare provider for better or for worse. You're going to have to talk to a healthcare provider about those specific clinical questions. Right. But I see my role as a sexual health educator as like, how do I give you kind of the confidence and maybe words and tools to be able to ask that question and not yes. shy away from it, like to a partner, to a healthcare provider, to a parent, like, how do I help you feel like, okay, I could, I could say that out loud. Totally. Yeah. 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 And especially the parent piece. I mean, when we're dealing with kids and when we're chatting with them, like we want them to be able to chat with their parents. That's always like number one ideal situation. If you are able to chat with a parent or guardian or like aunt or loved one about the things that you need, but that's not feasible for a lot of people. So I feel like in my sexual health classes and kids are really surprised by this too. I make a slide every time of like, here's what you want to do if you don't want your parents to know, like Mm -hmm. here's, here's how you access STI testing and birth control without a parental figure or without parental consent in your state. Like here's your right as a young person, as a youth, as a youngin, to be able to access those tools because you deserve them. And if your parents are like basically going against what you want and need, that's a human rights issue. And like you deserve to have what you need in order to make the best decisions for yourself. So I think that is fun to be like, ideally you'd go to your parents. If not, please see slide 3C. (laughs) Like it's just like, okay, let's do that. There's a delicate balance, right? Like we know how impactful it can be to have a supportive parent around this stuff. Like, I mean, you're lucky you you had an OBGYN as a mom who I assume talked to you right. about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a protective factor. That is like hugely impactful on a young person to have a parent to talk to, to say like, how do I figure this out? How do I access this? 
And the reality is that it's important for everybody to know that they have rights around getting the care that they need. And yeah. Totes. Yeah. Totals and magodals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's transition to your weird shit you do on TikTok because oh. I – Oh, okay. Um, okay. As I mentioned, when I first saw your content, I was like, oh, this shit is so weird and so funny. And I think it's hard to describe on a podcast. So everyone like pause the podcast, pause whatever platform you're using and go search at the big Lissa, L-I-S-S-A on TikTok. Give her a follow because she oh. deserves it. And you're going to laugh your little poopy off. Um, is the vagina, are you telling me the vagina is the same thing as the butthole? <laughs> Just be honest with me. Just like level with me right now. Like, is that is that what we're talking about? For the Tell past me the fucking minutes? truth. <laughs> like, just level um, with me. Just honestly, like, stop, stop joking around here. Uh, I want to know about your your journey on TikTok. I want to know, like, get into the deets about like how you make your videos. I know you do a lot of lives for folks who you know follow you. What are some maybe like pros and cons of using the platform to get content out to young people who you want to reach? Yeah. I have absolutely loved creating this stuff on TikTok. I feel like I, I have found the TikTok community to be incredibly accepting and like way funnier than I could ever be in terms of the comments that they, the things that they comment on great. my videos like are a million times funnier than I could ever strive to be. And that is, that really eggs me on to keep going because I'm just, right. I mean, you, you should look at the comments. Like I remember I posted one uh, video about me singing about the genital anatomy or something. And I'm, I'm, I'm really going for it. Like Gen Z is kind of like, they're, they're, you know, they don't, they're kind of like, let's do less and like, you know, whatever, but millennial, I'm a millennial and like, I'm going for it. Like I'm putting on yeah. costumes. I have pit stains. I am really singing at the Back top to the of my stains. lungs. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, Okay, so then I remember I posted a video about the genital anatomy and someone comments, wow, I wish I didn't have eyes and ears after watching this video. <laughs> like, yeah, that Thank is you. so funny to, to comment that. And after I went so hard, I really have found it to be an incredibly supportive community. And that's why I just keep, I keep going. I do live streams. I started off before, you know, TikTok and before live streaming was really a major thing. I did a, a, a sexual health musical called The King of the Beanie Babies, where I anointed myself the king. Of course. Well, and I did the, a run of it at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Basically, I'm like singing. Okay, the, the premise was, the real story is I found like a big plastic bag of Beanie Babies in my mom's closet. And I was like, okay, so you, can I have these? Like, what are we doing with these? And like, she was like, well, I'm saving them off. as... Well, she said, I'm saving them as gifts for little kids. They're brand new. I'm like... So they're not brand new because we got those in like 90s, the 90s. But she's like, they still have the <laughs> tags. New. I'm like, right, we kept the tags. That's on purpose, mom. That's on purpose, mom. So basically she said, okay, you can take half of them. And I took half of them back with me to California. And I was like, look, I had this idea. I'm like, these Beanie Babies have been in a closet for 20-something years. They know nothing. I got to teach them everything about sexual health. I'm a sexual health educator. Wow. Okay. Okay. So cut to me singing at the top of my lungs, you know, everything you need to know about this stuff. So I was doing that, you know, I was doing that live in the real world. And then I started doing it kind of on live stream, you know, when, when that started becoming a thing. And that gets a little old, you know, me calling myself the king of the Beanie Babies and everyone's kind of like, okay, where are the Beanie Babies? And I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of the Beanie Babies. I don't want to look at them. It's time to move on. Yeah. It's time to move on. 
So then I start, I cut the Beanie Babies and now I've just been kind of, you know, freeballing it as we say. Right. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And you have loyal followers who attend your lives as well. It is the most beautiful thing. These people like who started watching will come back. I do them weekly. I have been doing them weekly for the past couple of years and people come back time and time again. And like people have been coming for multiple, <laughs> multiple years even, and they know each other. and. We have this really great community where people come every week, some of them, to these live shows. And the lives are me singing and dancing and whatever, but it's also me talking just as a person, like how I'm talking now. Like I can't keep up the persona for like 60 minutes. So perfect segue into our next cue, which I will ask right now. Obviously, like the way I would describe your videos is like weird, funny, cringy, bizarre, hilarious, my favorite kind of humor. And I'm wondering, like, how true the persona that you use, which in my eyes, not exactly is akin to, like, Miranda Sings, because that's a little bit, like, absolutely wild, I would say. But it, or like Chicken Shop Girl, right? Mm. Where it's kind of like this very particular kind of persona. And I'm wondering, like, how true is it to who you actually are versus like this character that you've created? Like, how did you even create this character? Like, this is very different from like other sex educators, right? Like usually people bring their like real quote unquote selves in some capacity, which I think this character kind of also might be, right? But it's, it, it is different from who you actually are. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm like a person. I'm just a person. I'm like, I, you know, I'm a normal kind of just like, whatever person, but right. it's funny you call my stuff cringe. Somebody described my videos recently as post-cringe, which I like. <laughs> what does that even fucking That mean? resonates a lot because it's like, okay. I think um, as silly as my stuff is, I take this stuff extremely seriously. Like right. I really care deeply about making sure that the information gets out there, that it's factual and that it's not harming anybody and that in fact it's empowering as many people as possible. So I, you know, I'm seeing queefs, air, pubes, hair, like that is dumb, but I've thought a lot about it. <laughs> I've thought a lot about how to sum that up. And yep. so it's, it's, it's with a lot of intention, believe it or not. So right. I'm like a professional kind of like normal person. I also have this side of me that's like, kind of anarchic and my comedy is kind of anarchic. Like I, I it's kind of like, you know, I, I really get excited at the thought of like <laughs> breaking open the mold and like not going through the same hoops. So that is something that inspires me. So I think there's part of my personality that's, you know, gonna get on that horse bike and go on the right. skate park and be singing about condoms. Naturally. And that kind of riles me up. That's but at the same time, I can do like a pretty normal, just in this kind of a voice, like explain the effectiveness of condoms and how it's really important to find one that works best for your body. And there's different types and different materials and different styles, you know? So when I was in the classroom for all those years, I'm not like doing armpit farts and stuff like that. Like I'm just like, a, you know, I'm just delivering the information, but sure. I think I kind of allow myself to let loose and kind of get a little more rowdy because I'm finding that people are responding to it because they're like, oh my God, this person's being so like putting themselves out there. Like maybe I can do that in my own little way in a conversation with a partner. Like that's the goal, right? Mm, I like Like, that. I would get up in front of a, you know, group of students and I'm like, you know, a lot of the trainings I would do are like, you know, asking people to get up and share what they think or like create a scene about a certain topic or something. And I'm like, how can I ask someone to do that if I'm not also putting myself out there? So I do believe like 
there's a, an ethos about like, I got to put myself out there if I'm asking other people to get vulnerable around these really stigmatized topics. So that also feeds kind of what I do. I love it. I'm really into that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense of like, see like how much of a fool I just made of myself. Now at least you could just talk to your partner about like something normal about like right. condom use or like contraception or whatever. But right. yeah, I'm I'm really into that. And yeah, if you listener, I, I beg of you, please, please go watch some content. Please show it to your family, show it to your to your siblings. Um, they're gonna fucking love it as much as I do, I'm sure. Well, thank you for saying Moving, that. Well, of moving course, quite, moving, moving right along, moving quite along, <laughs> moving right along. We have a couple other things I want to cover here. Oh. Um, I want to learn about the project that you're creating and I want to know like, what is it? What are you working on? I also would like to know what are other like favorite pieces of content out there that you consume that are teaching like healthy sexuality and sex education. Like, tell me it all. Yeah. I'm focusing on creating projects and content and work that people would want to watch like outside of a school setting. Like I've always created, you know, educational content and I know some teachers who like use it in their classroom, whatever. I like the idea that someone would want to watch this stuff outside of school with their friends because it's like funny and silly enough, but they're actually learning. So my, my driving force right now is creating stuff that's equally educational and comedic. So it fits both of those things. And that it shows conversations that you can have with a partner, with a parent, with a healthcare provider about these things that are hard to talk about. And even if it does it in a silly way, it leaves you being like, oh, okay, I could say that. Even if I say something silly, I, I know, I know how to, I know how to start that conversation. Cause that's really what it's about, right? Like we all remember feeling so awkward and so embarrassed about our bodies changing and like feeling like, oh, like how do I navigate this? And if I can lighten that a little bit, lighten someone's load a little bit for that. That's, <laughs> so that's my ultimate goal. I mean, so that's my focus. I am creating the the work that I'm creating because I don't really see it yet. Like I haven't really seen an example of something that's truly equally comedic and educational. I've seen stuff that's comedic, you know, and I think sometimes like, you big know, mouth, a yeah. little educational. There's definitely some education woven in there. And I've seen stuff like Sex Education, I think, is an amazing show that shows, like, in a narrative way, like, how this stuff can show up in relationships and, and families and school and everything. I think it's brilliant. And I'm seeing this gap of something that is, like, feel-good, educational, and funny all at the same time. So that's, that's, like, the kind of gap that I'm seeing that I think I can fill, and that's what I'm really excited to fill. Nice. Yeah. I've I've also been noticing, like— Planned Parenthood, like on their YouTube channel, has some really interesting kind of like mixed media when it comes to like claymation and animation. And then there's also like people kind of describing like what things are. I feel like when I was younger, like in my early 20s, that is the exact kind of content that I pictured myself creating. It's like fun yeah. that like I have a podcast and I'm on TikTok and like all these things. And I'm sure it's similar for you of like creating your brand. And I don't know if it's exactly like where you wanted to be or, you know, now I'm sure like you're so happy you're here. But for me, when I see some of those videos and not just Planned Parenthood, but other, you know, other kinds of sex education content, there's like a maze and there's advocates for yeah. youth who are making really, Amazing. really valuable content. And I'm like, oh, that is what I wanted to be making. I'm so glad that like someone is doing it. Like there is mm -hmm. something really special being like, wow, like that is exactly what I envision for myself. Um, and and it's, I'm glad that it's out there and that I'm doing something else, but something that like supplements that. 
Totally. I think that's a really cool thing. I think this applies to any field, but I've felt the same way, like seeing, you know, different creators videos over the years and being like, you know, Lacey Green back in the day was creating all of these yes. like sexual health education videos. Shan I think Boudram she went to was, UC Berkeley also. Yeah, Go did. Bears, Lacey Green. Go Bears. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for saying Thank so. Thank you. <laughs> Shan Boudram was doing all these videos on YouTube a while back, like seeing these people who were so smart, so educational and like creating this. I remember being like, wow, that is so amazing. And yes, Planned Parenthood's videos, Amazes videos, Advocates for Youth, all of these, all of these entities and people are creating stuff in the way that they do best. And it's like, there's so much room for all of that. Like we need stuff that's, you know, fact-based. We need stuff that's fun. We need stuff that's like for kids. We need stuff that's for older people. Like there's just so much room for it. So you as well. I mean, that's exciting. It's exciting that we're doing this all through different ways, you know? Yeah, it's it's really cool. And it's really fun to like meet new friends, especially like the work that we're doing is really independent and individualistic. And it is hard for me, at least as like an extreme extrovert to feel like, oh, like I don't really have like colleagues in the same way that other people do in their office or whatever. Like that's shifting and changing with work from home stuff too. But it's nice to meet people who are in their own niches and figure out how we can uplift each other because the information is equally as important. It's just different. Totally. Totally agree. And I really appreciate the way that you, you're you such a good organizer and like getting all of these people together, especially like the TikTok group, you know, like we all do very different type of content, but it's all in the same realm and it all kind of complements each other in a way. And I feel like you've created this really special group of people who like all get along and have the ultimately the same goals of getting this info out there. It's just in different modalities. Fuck yeah. And it's really hilarious how like we haven't met in person. That will come soon. Yeah. Again, once again, us being internet friends is very interesting and very fun to to navigate that and find a, a friendship with someone who you're like, you're fucking cool. I want to hang out with you. <laughs> but, you know, I'm really grateful that you were here today. I have a blast chatting with you. Like always love hanging, kicking it, being a silly goose. Um, mm. And I'm wondering if you can share where folks can find you and find your content. <sighs> People can find me online. www.me.com <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, my, yeah, my handle is the big Lissa across the board. And I do, Great. and you know, Simple. I do that because I am short. You, you don't even know that. I think that I made a comment when I was on one of your lives of being like, are you like four or less? Like, are, no, what I'm is your not. height? I'm 5'3", okay. but I am short. Oh, okay. Okay. 5'3 is like average height. I think like 5'4 is like the typical height for like a woman. What are is you? The average. I'm 5'6 and three quarters. I'm 5'7". <laughs> like, I'm 6'8". Okay. Wait, you're- <laughs> I can dunk. No, I'm 5'7". Is I round up. I say you I'm 5'7". You can you can I cannot. No, I can't. I can't even jump like six inches off the ground. Like, it's pathetic. Well, you better um, work on it, that before we meet. Well, <laughs> is there going to be a dunking contest? All right, we no, don't need There's going to be a jumping contest. It's not dunking. Listen, I'm not, we can let dunk. these people go. I think okay. they're tired of us already. Um, maybe like in five years, look out for some sort of comedy special that me and the big Lessa <laughs> do together. We'll see. But thank you for having me thank on my Thank you for having show. me and thank you for having you. Both. Correct. Thanks for having us. Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. 
Our co-producer and communications lead is Katherine Cohen. Our co-producer is Brian Peoples. Our social media intern is Sarah Kelly. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on IG at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. See you next time.